Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Good morning, good morning. Happy Mother's Day. I love you, Mom. I love you, mothers out there. Thank you for doing all the work that you do. We know how hard it is to be a mom. So, you know, I appreciate that. Anyways, we're going to jump right into the scriptures. Last week, I started a series. Uh, it was called Unshakable. If you missed that message, I really want to encourage you to go back and, uh, and listen to that message because... I believe it was prophetic in nature, and I believe that we're coming into a new season. Uh, it might not be a season that people want, but I believe this is the season. And this is the scripture verse in which we used. It's out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 27. It says, once again, I, the Lord, will shake not only the earth, but the, but the heaven also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only what is unshakable, only the unshakable things will remain. I believe that God is shaking the earth. I believe even after this this crisis stuff that God will continue. He's going to continue to shake things because what he wants is he wants a mature believer who's giving glory and honor to him. And so God wants to shake things to see that only what is what the kingdom of God should remain. Uh, before this, it says, you know, wake up, strengthen your hands, strengthen your grip, strengthen your, your feeble knees. It's time that we grow up. It's time we grow up and we put childish things away and we begin to walk in the mighty power and the mighty kingdom of God that he has put within us. And so, yeah, I'm getting a little excited because that's where I'm at. You know, is it hot in here? Is it me? I don't know. I can't figure it out. Anyways, so God's discipline is what we're talking about. Now, we talked about how God's discipline is different than God's punishment, okay? You need to, with everything in me, this is my prayer that you will understand that when Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus went to the cross, God poured out all of the punishment that I deserve, all of the punishment that you deserve. He poured it out on Jesus so he doesn't have to punish me. I love that. So I don't receive God's punishment. That judgment is already done. Now God wants to Discipline me. Last week I talked about how it's like uh, it's like trying out for a sports team. The first couple of days you go and you try out, and after those tryouts, they put a list up and you see if your name is on that list. If your name is on that list, you have made the team. After that, you are on the team, and 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 now there's discipline that happens to make you the best you possibly can be. You want to be on God's list. You want to get in God's family? It's very simple. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. They that that will uh, make the Lord Jesus their Lord and Savior shall be saved. If you want to have your name on the list, pray and ask God in your heart and follow him. Make him your Lord and Savior. You'll be on the list. And then God will begin to make you into the vessel 
He wants to make you. He wants to make a beautiful masterpiece. And we talked last week about three different things, why God disciplines us. One, he disciplines us because he loves us. He loves us. He actually says in Hebrews that if he doesn't discipline you, you're probably not his child. He disciplines us because he sees greatness in us. He knows that we can be great. He knows that he can use us to be overcomers and to be ambassadors on this earth. And he doesn't have uh, lousy ambassadors. He has great ambassadors. He sees greatness in you, but he wants to discipline you to get you there. And the third thing he does is we are called, as a people, we are called to bring glory and honor to display his glory onto the earth. And the way we do that is we have holiness and righteousness. That holiness and righteousness will will display his glory on the earth. Now, when God comes in us, we have his holiness, we have his righteousness. Now it's time that we become disciplined and let it flow out of us. And this is the season that we're in. And when we do this, when we have his glory and honor and righteousness and holiness flowing out of us, we will be unshakable. We are not, I'll say it again, I've said it before, we are not in crisis, we are in Christ. And when we are in Christ, we are powerhouses for him when we begin to submit and allow him to train us to become the people that God wants us to be. Now today, uh, I want to continue talking about this discipline, and today I want to talk about how or what God uses, what God uses to... uh, to discipline us. Now, when I was a kid, when I, you know, when I was a kid, I, um, uh, I went to, uh, you know, I used to do things wrong, and my father, he used certain things to discipline me. Uh, he used his hand, he used his belt, uh, he, he put me in a room, I got grounded, uh, he took things, he took privileges away from me. That's how he disciplined me. And, 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 and when we hear that God is using his hand, I believe that there's certain things that God uses to discipline us. And I just want to cover uh, two or three things about what God uses to discipline us, to make us into powerhouses, to train us to become like him, to produce in us a righteousness that people can say, there is God in that person. There is a man or a woman of God. I really want you to begin to mature, to become that way. I want to do it. I believe that's the season God has for us. And so the first thing that God uses is he uses our weaknesses and inabilities. You know, when God created you and me, he he knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing, and he created me. When he created me, he, how do I say this? He left certain abilities out of me. So you don't need that ability. You don't need to have that. You won't be good at that. You, I, I, I didn't put that in you. I'm good at some things, but there's some things I'm not good at. It's a weakness or an inability, and God uses this inability to make me great. Are you hearing that? He's, putting, he, he, he's not putting certain things in you to make you great. When's the last time you started saying, God, thank you that you didn't give me this because because you didn't give me this, you're making me great. Most of the time, we say, God, I don't have this. That's why I'm not great. 
Paul went through this. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says this in chapter 12. He says, three times I begged the Lord to take away this weakness that he had. Each time, God said this, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. His power works best in inability. His power works best in inability. I'll be honest with you. Um, we were getting ready to, uh, to, I was getting ready to speak uh, just you know, before this, and I sat down. I said, God, I, I need you. I need help to make sure I teach the truth. I know that in me, I can't teach the truth. I need God to help me do this. And so, you know, I, I pray, I seek the face of God. You know, oftentimes what we do, um, what we do is we say, we say, oh God, you know, either, you know, please give me this to make me, you know, a better person. Or uh, if it's a weakness, please, God, take this away. You're taking the very tool, the very thing that God wants to use to build power and and might in you, and you're asking him to take it away. See, okay, can I be honest with you? Because let's say it this way. I've done this, so I'm assuming if I've done it, you've probably done it too. God, take this away. I pray this. God, you know, take this weakness away from me. Uh, give me this, because if I have this, then, then I, can do, uh, you know, I can do great things. I, I, I've prayed that prayer, and I believe it's a bad prayer. I believe it's a childish prayer. And the reason why we pray that, the reason why we pray that is because we don't want to seek God. We want the easy way. God, give me the ability. Then I don't even have to pray. Then I don't even have to seek your face because I'll have it. God, take this weakness away from me so that I don't have to run to you anymore when I'm struggling in these things. You're asking God to take away the very tool he wants to use. Listen to what Paul says. I love what Paul says. So now I am glad and I boast of my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That is why I take, woo, I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in my insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, I cry out, oh God, please take it away. No. He says, when I am weak, I am made strong. How is he made strong? Because he turns around and says, God, I need you. God, I need to come after you. I need to seek your face. So stop saying, God, take this away. Stop saying that and rather say, God, give me power in the midst of it all. When things are shaking, when you're struggling, that is the time to stop arguing and say, God, I wish you would take this away and turn to him and say, God, it's time that I get a hold of you so that in you, my, your power is made perfect in my weakness so that your righteousness comes through me, your holiness comes through me because now, God, I am seeking first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and God will add it unto you. He will give you power. So it's time that we put childish thinking away and we begin to act like adults. Second thing is not only weaknesses, but there's, there's, there's circumstances. God is a master 
of creating circumstances to bring about discipline in our lives. And the first thing is, you know, circumstances that, that like, I've done wrong. Like, I, my actions are wrong. The things that I've done are wrong. And, and because of that, uh, things happen and bad circumstances arise. Those are things that I have done. We, we, we all have that. Now, let, let me be clear here. I, I, again, I want to be clear. When we don't follow God, something is manifested. Something happens. Like, for example, if you do an experiment, right? Let's, so you do you know, steps A, B, C, right? And when you do those three steps, boom, this is the result. Okay, so the first time you try it, it's an experiment. And then the second time you say, okay, I do A, B, and C, boom, same result. If you do it a third and fourth time, it's not an experiment anymore. You already know the results. I can tell you right now that the results of not following God, the results of sin is clear. James tells us sin produces what? Death destruction. Bad things happen. I would say, you know what? It's kind of a foolish thing for us to do. You know what? It's funny. I'm I'm talking and I'm getting a phone call. I'm not going to answer it, but you know, then you got another one. Just count it up. So anyways, we, we, where was I? Oh, about foolish things. So we, we do something foolish and then we have this result. Now I always say this, you have a lot of problems in your life. I have problems in my life. Just basic problems, you know? I mean, the other day I came home and my freezer didn't work. You know, it, it broken. You know, I mean, we got, I, got, I didn't do anything. Freezer broke, right? That's problems. We all have problems. We all get them. So I always say to you, why do you want to not follow what God is telling you to do so that more problems arise? Because we know that we, won't, we don't do what God wants to do. Guaranteed problems will arise. So why do you want to add things to your life? I mean, we got enough problems. Why do we want to add more problems? I, I, I don't get it. I do it. We all do it. But let's stop doing it. Let's put childish things away. So let's look at this again. When we, when we do something wrong, there are consequences. God uses that. This happened to King David. God told King David, don't take a census. Don't, don't count the people. But... David being David, you know, he did something wrong. He counted the people. And it says in 2 Samuel chapter 24, it says this. He said, uh, King David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly by taking this census. Please forgive my guilt for doing this foolish thing. Okay? Yep. He realizes. And now even after he prayed that prayer, there was still a lot of bad things happening, but he's doing the right thing now. What's he doing? He's talking to God. He's going to God. And then in verse 25, it says this, then David built an altar there to the Lord and he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings, right? So what's he doing? He made a mistake. What is he doing? He's now seeking the face of God. He's becoming stronger in who he is. He's not saying, God, oh, please, you know, change all the circumstances. Please, you know, God, you're punishing me. No, he's running to God. You see, when you think God is punishing you for doing something wrong, you run away from God. Stop running away from God. Run 
to God. That's what David's doing. He's giving burnt offerings. He's giving sacrifices. He's going, God, I know I did wrong. I Now I need to concentrate on you better. I need to let your righteousness flow through me more. I need your, your holiness again, God. And so what he's doing is he's building altars. When's the last time you just went in your room after you did something wrong, you got on your knees and say, oh, God, I'm going to seek your face until I hear your voice. You see, my father, he used to punish me when I was like, uh, when he, used to, he used to discipline me. I'll say it that way. It's better to say it that way. And he used to, um, when I was 10 years old, what I would hope for, I would pray to God for. I would say, I hope my father spanks me. Because when I was 10, I would just tighten up. I would just tighten up and he'd spank me, you know, hurt for about five minutes, right? And then, right, so I did something wrong. He disciplines me. I tighten up. Five minutes later, I feel okay. I haven't changed one bit. Some of you, is that's what you're doing. You're just tightening up. You're sitting there and you go, oh, I'm just going to make it through. I'm just going to make it through. But you haven't submitted. That's why it says in Hebrews, it says to submit to the discipline of the Lord. I didn't change one bit when my father spanked me. Why? Because I tightened up. The Bible, uh, Hebrews says this, today when you hear his voice, maybe right now you're hearing his voice, maybe right now you're feeling convicted. When you hear his voice, do not harden your heart like they did in the day of rebellion. Just like me when my father's spanking. Do not harden my heart when he's trying to teach me something. My father was a good teacher. I should have listened more because I suffered more in the future by not listening and not receiving the discipline that he was trying to do. Let the Lord discipline you. He disciplines you because he loves you and he wants you to make he wants to make you great. So when you do something wrong, run to him. Now, there are circumstances that you cause that you do wrong and there are circumstances that happen outside of your control. I mean, like economics, like all of a sudden this foolish, again, I don't even like to talk about it. I don't even like to reference it. This foolish thing happens, and then you're out of a job or your economics are not right. All of these things happen. These These are circumstances outside your control. Outside your control. In in. In Exodus, it's really funny because in Exodus 15, that's right after the the people of Israel went through the Red Sea, their enemy was destroyed. I'm telling you, this time it's actually, it is hot in here. But, you know, anyways, just for fun. That's another one. So they go through the Red Sea, right? And God destroys their enemy. And oh, they are dancing. They are celebrating because the circumstances went well. By the end of the chapter, it's really interesting. By the end of the chapter, they're complaining about circumstances. They're complaining about circumstances. Are you complaining? By the way, just so you know, complaining is not praying. Complaining isn't praying. Complaining is complaining, and God oftentimes opens up the earth when when we complain. And uh, yeah, anyways, that's a whole other story. But listen, at the end of chapter 15 of Exodus, this is what it says. And he said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commandments and keeping his decrees, 
then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases uh, that I sent the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. See, when circumstances arise and things happen in your life and, and they're outside your control, I don't deserve this, God. God, I don't deserve Yeah, I didn't say you deserved it. I'm going to say it again. Stop saying, God, take it away. Stop saying, God, complaining and saying, God, what are you trying to teach me? What is your voice saying in the midst of this situation? Because he's trying to teach you how to walk in holiness and righteousness no matter what happens. Finally, the third thing that God uses, and this is probably one of his most, well, see, I can't say it's one of his most effective tools because it's only effective if it works. The thing is, I said, your weaknesses, circumstances, and the last thing I'm going to say is, People. God uses people, right, to discipline us. He uses people in our lives to discipline us. And I say, I was going to say, this is his greatest tool, or let's say this is his most used tool. The problem is, you can't say it's his most effective tool unless you are submitting to his discipline. Because you can have all these things happen to you, people, circumstances, all that, but you can still not learn. You can still not develop because God, as I said last week, will not beat you into submission. He won't beat you into submission. You voluntarily, in your own will, submit to him. I'll talk more about this in weeks to come. Uh, Maybe you don't want to hear it anymore. Maybe you're just... I don't know, tired of it all, but you know what? This is God's word. I'm telling you, this is God's word for us in the season that we're in. And so he uses people. He, uses, he can use your boss. He can use your parents. Hmm. He can use your pastor. Yes, actually, he can use me. I don't know why. He can use your wife. You know, he can use your friend. He can use your children. I mean, in the Old Testament, he used a donkey. I mean, he can use anything, but he uses people to speak to us truths. Listen to what it says in Proverbs. Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. He who listens to counsel. You know, I know this one one person, I, I won't use their name, they're amazing because, you know, we have choices. We can go to what they call the school of hard knocks. The school of hard knocks, that's what I went to. You know, you do a lot of things wrong, you know, and you get banged up by life and you learn, right? You don't have to go to that school. No one says you have to go to that school. You can go to the school who listens to wise people. And I know this person who listens to wise people. They've listened to the wise people since they were young. And their life is, they're unshakable. They've been through difficult things. It's not that their life has been perfect. They've been through some really difficult things, but they have gone through them in amazing ways. Why? Because they took the counsel early in their life. Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to counsel and accept discipline. Then you will be wise the rest of your days. Another proverb says, uh, uh, a correction to a wise man is like a kiss. 
It's a good thing. How do you react when someone corrects you? How do you react? You get all mad. You know, how can you? I, I, this is so often. I hear this so often from people. You can't judge me. They're not judging you. They're trying to help you. You know? And, and by the way, if you're a person and, and, and you can't get along with Bobby and you can't get along with Sally and you can't get along with Freddie and you can't get along with all these people, right? It's probably not Bobby, Sally, Freddie. It's probably you. And if Bobby, Freddie, Sally, and all these other people keep saying the same thing to you, maybe you should listen. Maybe it's time to listen. Like when you know, your wife keeps saying, you keep worrying all the time. Why are you so angry all the time? See, those, are, those are times where people are speaking truths to you, and they're trying to help you. Stop resisting. Today, when you hear the voice of the Lord, do not harden your heart. This is said at least six or seven times or more in the book of Hebrews. This is the message that God is trying to say. He's saying, listen, there are people talking to you. There are people who are trying to give you good advice. I want to do it my way. Yes. Have you ever seen a little kid? I mean, it's, 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 it's actually quite funny. You know, they've got a toy, you know, and the wheel has fallen off the car that they have, you know, and they're like, oh, right? And you walk over to them. Hey, I'll help you. No, 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 I can do it myself. And they spend the next half hour trying to put that wheel on, and they can't do it. They get frustrated. They just keep crying. And finally, they go, can you help me? They should have just took the help in the first place. It's time we stop acting like children, start acting like adults, because adults are not shaken when the earth shakes. When I say adults, I'm talking about mature people in the Lord who are submitting to the discipline that God is training them up to be great and mighty men and women of God. Now, people who give you advice, people who try to help you, those are one set of people. Now, there's another set that God uses. It's another often used tool, and I preached about it back in February. People who hurt you. Now, God doesn't go down. He doesn't whisper to your, your, you know, uh, one of your you know, neighbors or your friends and says, hey, you know, I want you to go hurt Donald. He doesn't do that. He doesn't have to do that. He doesn't even have to do that. See, this is the thing. God doesn't really work that hard. He doesn't really have to work that hard. Because we got people who hurt us, and they, 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 they hurt us a lot. But God uses this because what happens is when someone hurts us, or let me use the word, like I said in February, offends us. Do you know what actually a lot of times one of the number one thing that God is trying to uh, root out of us to, to change us and to make us into mature people? Because when someone hurts us, oftentimes our thinking is, I don't deserve that. And what is that? Wait for it. Pride. God wants to work pride out of your life. I guarantee you there is no way that Jesus could have got to the cross if he had pride in his heart. Because if he had pride in his heart, he wouldn't have said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He would not have allowed all the beatings from those who he who deserved the punishment and they were giving to him. He would have never allowed that. He would pride would have rose up, he would have called angels down, and he would have destroyed them. And honestly to say, I believe if he did that, he would have fell. He would have fell deep. 
he would have been he would have been exactly what Satan is today. Satan's pride rose up, would not submit to God, thought he could be like God, and because of that, he fell, and a third of the angels fell as well. See, when someone hurts you, if you allow, uh, if you allow uh, pride to rise up in your heart, you will not learn the discipline that God wants you to do. I don't deserve to be treated that way. That is a prideful statement. You really, can I be honest with you? You know what we all deserve? We all deserve to hang on the cross. That's what we deserve. We didn't get it. Hallelujah. And so when someone does that to us, we can say like Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Hebrews 12, 15, we'll talk about this in the weeks to come. Hebrews 12, 15 says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows out to trouble you, corrupting many. When you let pride rise up in your heart, trust me, it'll corrupt you and it'll corrupt many other people. Okay, I'm going to just, I want to close by just reading a bunch of scriptures. Is that okay? Can I read a bunch of scriptures? My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. Revelations 3.19, I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn to me. Proverbs 12.1, whoever loves discipline, Loves knowledge. Whoever hates correction is stupid. That's what it says. Job 5.17. Blessed is the one whom... Woo, listen to... This is Job. Oh, my Lord. Blessed is the one whom God corrects. So don't despise the discipline of the Almighty. Lamentations 3 says this. Because the Lord is great... Because of the Lord's great love, because of the Lord's, listen to this, because of the Lord's great love, we will not be consumed. Oh, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Remember what Hebrews 12 says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Let the Lord train you in his disciplines. Yield. Don't endure the pain. Yield to God. Run to him. It says in Proverbs 10.30, it says, the righteous will not be shaken. (laughs) Righteousness is doing the right thing. Last thought. Stop saying, God, why is this happening to me? Stop saying, God, I don't deserve this. And start saying, God, what are you trying to teach me? It's time that we become mature, strong men and women of God. The world needs people like that. The world needs you to be like that. Your family needs it. Your friends need it. Your neighbors need it. You need it. We need strong men and women who seek the face of God and are unshakable during these shakable times. So 
I just want to close with prayer. And, and, and as we do, I want you to just let the Lord speak to your heart. Let the Lord speak to you. If things I have said have stirred something in you, I pray that you would just seek the face of God. This week, take some time to seek the face of God. Lord, bless your people. Thank you, Lord God, that you love us, that you want us to become great and mighty, that, Father, you want people to shine your righteousness. Why you chose me, why you chose us, Lord God. It's just amazing to me. And so I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Father, this week, as you use those tools I talked about to train me, I pray I would submit. I pray that we would submit and we would learn what you are saying to us. In Jesus' name, amen.